Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. You're seeing a 44-year-old obese male. He has a history of hypertension and prediabetes. He says he heard on the news that eating red meat's no longer good for you, and he's confused as to what to do. Joining me today is Ken Peterson, assistant professor in the Graduate School of Nursing at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you, Frank. So, Ken, what should we be telling our patient about eating red meat? What's the latest data show us? Well, we've had data um, for a period of time that recommends against um, the intake of red meat. Um, the science has been there um, for a number of years. Um, if we think about just what red meat is composed of it, and looking at our, our health concerns, um, saturated fat tends to be associated with red meat, um, higher cholesterol, um, those things are probably what we should be considering and paying attention to. Um, so I would caution this gentleman to stay away from red meat as much as possible. Okay, great. Um, a recent publication he heard on the news uh, went into extreme detail. What did it say and, and how is it changing how we, inf how we counsel patients? So there's been a, a, a big study actually, a, a current study that looked at a large cohort of folks um, from a National Institute of Health study um, where they collected data over a period of time from the mid-90s up until about uh, 2011 and they were able to um, help uh, corroborate the data around um, the dangers of red meat in terms of its effect on health, um, premature death um, in particular around certain diseases and um, also specifically look at the association of heme iron and the nitrates and um, nitrites that are in um, in red meat and in processed meats. And so um, this big study actually had the power to give us more um, data on those specifics in terms of um, those dangers on uh, to health. So you mentioned the, the nitrate uh, components of meat. Um, how do people get nitrates into meat, and how, how, how does that affect me in the real world? What, what specifically should I not, what, what specifically should I avoid? So with the, the nitrates, uh, uh, nitrite um, components, processed foods are, are really um, the big concern. And so if you think about foods that are maybe more organic, um, have less chemical components in them. Um, when we, you know, I talk to my patients about walking around the outside of the grocery store and looking at more wholesome foods, which we tend to see in the periphery of the grocery store. And so when you do that, you think about, you know, meats, fruits, and vegetables. And in the meat section, there's usually um, meats that tend to be more wholesome. And then there are the processed meats that are in the packages, like sausages and bacon and those types of things, and those foods um, are the ones that have higher um, 
components of the nitrates and the, and the nitrites. My, my grocery store has figured that out and put the hot dogs on the, on the outskirts of the, uh, of the grocery store. So I, I think this makes really good sense. It is a little sad because I do love my hot dogs, but I think you're right. It looks like uh, the data shows we should be encouraging people to make that a very uncommon part of their diet and rather um, the what they call the unprocessed white meats. So what are unprocessed white meats that were deemed to be safer? So the unprocessed white meats in this study were chicken, turkey, um, canned tuna, and fish. Um, I would have thought that the canned tuna may have been a little more processed. Um, we do have to think about um, investigating our food sources a little bit more though, because we know that there can be additives even in those, those types of foods. Like if we say ground turkey, for example, you might want to be looking towards uh, a ground turkey that has is made by a company that has less additives in it to, to get it to be as unprocessed as possible. Yeah, I think this, this still tells us we have to look at labels and encourage our patients to do the same. Um, there's a commercial on television that tells me that pork is the other white meat. Is pork safe? Pork in this study was actually identified in the red meat um, analysis. Um, there are particular standards that associate pork as a red meat based on um, the myoglobin component of it. So it's really considered a red meat and not the other white meat. Well, uh, it's good, good marketing. Um, a number of uh, groups recommend eating organic meats or non-GMO meats. Is there any data there that helps us understand what is good and what is safe and are, are those meats better? Sure, I, I think you know a lot of this is, is fairly new. We had the introduction of GMOs occurred in about the mid-90s in both um, the United States and in Europe and we don't really have the data to show um, the long-term effects of those types of things. Certainly we know we do have the data and the science um, supporting GMO foods as safe. Um, again, this goes back to what we were just saying in terms of really analyzing the food itself and, and whether there are any additives in it or, or I guess thinking about food that comes from certain companies that has been um, known to be healthier with less additives and, and maybe more organic if organic is supposed to be um, the best food that we can eat. So it, it sounds like to me that um, we have data that shows genetically modified foods probably are not harmful. We have yet to find data or we've yet to see data that shows non-GMO foods are better. We have a certain sense that at least organic foods may have less additives or processing going on, but again, we don't have any strong data. So uh, it seems to me that we should be telling our patient uh, these might be better, but the real key is to look at how things are made, how things are processed, and, and, and choose wisely. Exactly. I think that we, we really need to encourage our patients to think about getting as close to nature as possible and, and eating foods that, that come from the health, healthiest source. Mm -hmm. Now, he's obese and he has high blood pressure and prediabetes. Is there any other dietary recommendations regarding meat that we should be giving him? Well, he should definitely stay away from 
the red meat component mm -hmm. and um, trying to get to more white um, meats and unprocessed foods. Um, the, the study really connected this concern about um, the heme iron component in red meat and the, the processed components like the nitrates and the nitrates in terms of its relationship to um, diseases like diabetes and, and cardiovascular disease. Um, so this particular patient should really work towards um, a much healthier diet that's associated with the, the red meat, with the white meat components, excuse me. I think um, most of my obese patients tend to have a very high carbohydrate diet. And I think this study really strongly states as you move towards getting more protein and less carbohydrate in the diet, look at white meat to fill that role, being chicken, turkey, and, and fish. Um, I do think folks don't always think about um, having those, those sources of protein as lowering their mortality risk. They know it correlates with heart disease and maybe high cholesterol, but certainly this study takes us down uh, a, a good, gives us a good direction to tell our patients where to go, what to eat, and how to live better and longer. Our practice pointer here is encourage patients to eat more of unprocessed white meats, that being chicken, turkey, fish, and even canned tuna. Have our patients look at the label, and if there are additives, especially additives associated with nitrites, stay away. Thank you, Ken, for bringing this paper to our attention. I think it's got a, it has the potential to have a huge impact on how we counsel patients and how they look at food. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Join us next time when we look at the data concerning the risks and benefits of milk on mortality. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. We want to keep making this podcast better with every episode, so we need your feedback. Tell us what you think by submitting your feedback via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or log into PrimeMed.com and submit your feedback at the bottom of the episode landing page. Thank you again for listening.